and we stay comfortable. But I also think when we stay comfortable, we hinder ourselves from growing personally. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Stay Hungry podcast. Today, I've got a special guest, Scott Colby, and we're going to be talking about going on adventures. Scott, welcome to the Stay Hungry podcast. Dude, I love that music. <laughs> it's got me pumped uh, up. So thank it's you. It's pretty pumped. Yeah. But then, it, like, I, I've mentioned this before, but it's a little bit greatest showman as well. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and and that, that's not the look I'm going for. So. <laughs> yeah. I like that, though. I, I That was a good movie. Um, but yeah, it thanks, is a good movie. Thanks for having me, Joel. Really appreciate uh, you inviting me on today. You're very welcome. So for the listeners, who's Scott Colby? What do you do? Oh my gosh. <laughs> How do we answer this? It's hard. Sometimes as an entrepreneur, you know, we do so many different things. Like how do we condense it into one nice little introduction? But uh, yeah, my name is Scott. I live in Tennessee, so I'm in the U.S. Have you ever been to Tennessee or anywhere in the U.S., Joel? Oh, I've been to plenty of places plenty. in the okay. U.S. Okay. I haven't been to Tennessee yet. Okay. Well, you are invited if you ever want to come out here. I'm ne- I'm near the Smoky Mountains. Uh, I love adventure. I love uh, being in the outdoors. I um, own a cat, uh, Mia, so she may uh, walk on my lap during this interview. Um, but yeah, I've been an entrepreneur for several years. Started out as a fitness coach um, where I was actually running boot camp. So I would take people outside and give them a nice uh, difficult workout to, uh, and help get them in shape transitioned things online back in 2010. So I did some fitness coaching online, but it was actually back in 2010 where I thought to myself, what else could I offer my clients that might give them just an experience? And I had actually done uh, in 2007, I had gone on my own adventure trip uh, to Colorado and I was in the mountains of Colorado for a week and had uh, two guides leading uh, the group. And we did different adventure activities like whitewater rafting, hiking, mountain biking. And I thought to myself, I like that. Why can't I offer that? And so um, in 2010, I offered my very first adventure trip, which I called a fitness adventure. So I was trying to combine adventure activities with my fitness, um, cl- you know, fitness classes that I that I taught, like boot camp. Um, I had eight people go on this first adventure trip. And I remember one lady in particular who, after the trip, she made so many different changes in her life that just like the, you know, fitness coaching wouldn't have had that same effect. It was getting outside in nature and doing some things that she was a little bit uncomfortable doing, like whitewater rafting. Um, I think we actually did mountain biking at the time as well. She went home and not like all at once, but over the course of several months, she got out of a bad, it was either a relationship or an actual marriage um, and it got into a new relationship. She got promoted at work. She started speaking, um, doing some speaking gigs. um, And she also lost a lot of weight and started to do these kind of obstacle course races, tough mutters and things like that. So her life completely changed. And I didn't think like, well, it wasn't all me. Um, but she attributes just getting that confidence to to do things in her life that she wouldn't normally do 
like getting out of a toxic relationship to going on my adventure trip and, and opening her mind up to what is possible. So it was that kind of moment where I knew like, Hey, I want to offer more of these types of adventure trips to see if I could help other people achieve breakthroughs just like that. So uh, I now do those just about once a year. I, I do other things in my business. I, I speak on the topic of gratitude. So I think that actually plays a role in helping people achieve a breakthrough. Um, I take people on day hikes in the Smoky Mountains near where I live, uh, and we theme those towards gratitude as well. So yeah, so my passion's unplugging adventure and gratitude and putting it all together in one package and you can achieve a breakthrough. I, I love this. I love this. So I've got a confession that you probably don't know about me. So my, my wife's a bit of an adventurer. Um, so Joel, prior to knowing Hannah, uh, very work-focused, maybe went on like a, a one-week vacation um, once a year to the beach, sort of. That's kind of standard. Joel meets Hannah. Hannah says, shall we go on a bear trek and go whale watching and zip lining and whitewater rafting and trekking in the snow? I was like, well, when are we going to have time for all that? She said, no, 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 I mean on one holiday. <laughs> uh, and so our, our first holiday together was to British Columbia where uh -huh. we, we did all that. Um, I would love so to now, go to British Columbia. That's on my bucket list. Oh, uh, yeah, it's, it's insane. So now once a year, we go on an adventure. And for her, it's just life. It's what she does. And for me, it's like the, the business reset. It's where I find my next idea. Yeah, yeah. I feel like a lot of, especially entrepreneurs, busy professionals, we don't take time for ourselves. We don't time to get away from the, you know, the day-to-day -day stuff that we're doing. As entrepreneurs, we have stuff to do 24-7. <laughs> and we have to actually force ourselves to, to take breaks. And now, Joel, um, I didn't start this way, but now my adventure trips are unplugged. Um, because it used to be we would come back from whitewater rafting or whatever activity we did, and everybody would get on their phones. Some people would check work email. Some people may even do some work on our adventure trips. I'm like, hey, that doesn't feel kind of uh, in alignment with what I'm wanting for the groups to to achieve and feel on these adventure trips. So now they come through the front door on day one and I take everybody's phones. They know, they know up front going into it, that it is an unplugged experience now, but, and it's difficult that first night for people not to have their phones, but as you know, they get used to not having their phones. They're actually very appreciative. And some of them don't even want them back. Like, gosh, they, they don't want to turn their phones back on at the end of the week because they can just, imagine all the notifications that are they're going to be coming at them but yeah i mean it's a great reset uh for sure especially if you can unplug during a, a trip like that i love that that's so cool so in terms of people getting out of their comfort zone what what do you mean what i mean by that is getting uncomfortable and trying something that makes them uncomfortable. So I believe our comfort zone is where 
most of us live <laughs> um where we might you know just wake up and and do our whatever duties we have at home whether we're a spouse or a parent we might go off and 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 do our work our job and then we come back home uh take care of the kids and then go to bed and it's kind of a routine life um and we stay comfortable but i also think when we stay comfortable we hinder ourselves from growing personally so we maybe don't have uh, a purpose in life or we don't achieve our potential when we do something uncomfortable and get out of our comfort zone and i'll tell you a, a quick story about me in just a second but i think when we do that we open up the possibilities of what's possible in our lives and we can actually do more so one example that i have personally on my own adventure trip joel um, I didn't know this was happening. We were going whitewater rafting, and it was a, a it was a different section of the Colorado River that I had never been on before. And I was with a group of like ten people. I was I was leading the adventure trip, but we have guides to lead like the specific activities like whitewater rafting. So our guide in our raft um, said, "Hey, you see that bank over there? We're going to raft to the bank." And, you know, this kind of the side of the river, and then we're going to all get out and just hang out there. And then he's like, but we also have the opportunity to jump off a cliff. And I was like, I started already getting nervous. Palms are sweaty. Heart rate is is beating rapidly because that's one of my fears. Not really heights, because I don't mind like hiking up a mountain. But certainly free falling <laughs> is one of my fears. And heck, I didn't want to do that. So I started to already get anxious thinking of what could go wrong. And I think that's a lot of times where our mind goes is like the fear of the unknown or the fear of like the worst case scenario. So as we pull up our raft to the bank and there, we had two rafts, I started to ask everybody, hey, are you going to do it? Everybody else seemed to be enthusiastic. I'm like, all right, well, as the leader of the adventure trip, I can't be the only one staying back. So I was kind of, I think, because there was a group of us that allowed me to get past the, um, a little bit of that fear. Like I wanted to do what other people were doing. So it helped having a community of people there. But the guy said, we're going to climb up to the top of this cliff. Make sure that you're all in if you're going to go to the top of this cliff, because it's too dangerous to climb back down. The only way down is to jump into the river. So um, as it got to be my turn, you know, there was a couple people that went before me, they jumped into the river. Um, I was getting more and more anxious, again, thinking of like the worst case scenario. What if I hit a rock? You know, what if I can't swim? You know, those sorts of things, even though the rational side of me says, I'm with a professional. He's done this many, many times before with other groups. We have life jackets on. It's not going to be anything that bad. <laughs> and moreover, it's going to be over in an instant because you jump down and you're done. So it was about a 30 foot jump. And as it got to be my turn, I knew I just had to like one, two, three, go and not think about it. I think sometimes in my life, I would look over the edge and it makes you sweat 
and think about it even more. And, and, and if you just take that leap, you can kind of get through your fears quicker. Um, another quote I like is um, do what you fear and fear disappears. And sure enough, as soon as I took that jump, sunk underneath the river, then came right back up and swam to the where the rafts were, my fear disappeared. It allowed me to achieve this breakthrough, not only right then and there, like, hey, I've done it. I, I've achieved the breakthrough of being afraid of free falling. But it opens up your mind again to the possibilities of like, what else have I let my mind hold me back in life, whether it's work related or something personally. And I kind of, I wrote a blog post when I first did this jump and I kind of related it to Tony Robbins and in his events, they often will walk, or at least they used to on hot coals. And I, I think similar idea, like let's walk on hot coals to get your mind to believe what is possible same thing when you do something physical out of your comfort zone, like jumping off a 30 foot cliff into the freezing cold Colorado River. No, I love that. I love that. We, yeah, we call that possibility thinking in our, in our business. But um, it's really interesting because you'll have the business owners out there who genuinely spend a lot of time outside of their comfort zone. Um, they have to. Uh, you have the business owners out there who think they spend a lot of time outside of their comfort zone because they're stressed, but actually they don't realize they're stressed within their comfort zone. And then you'll have the business owners out there who actively avoid coming out of their comfort zone. And something you kind of touched on there that we see time and time again with business owners is the one thing they need to be doing the most to, to get to the next level is often the thing they're most afraid of. So that might be sales calls because they've got a fear of rejection. It could be it could be marketing because you know they don't like the idea of spending money on something and not seeing a return. It could be uh, writing up processes because it's boring. <laughs> but it's so fascinating that somebody could go outside, you know, climb a tree, uh, abseil abseil down a cliff, and and because of that, it unlocks the next stage of their business. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, and again, I probably would have never have kind of put two and two together had I not done taken that first group out um, and had that woman that had completely transformed. Um, but and it also doesn't really have to be something as scary as jumping off, uh, you know, jumping off a cliff. I um, coach people online through um, helping them achieve a, a fitness transformation. And I remember back in 2013, I had a woman who um, was going through my program. So my program's called Fit for Photos. So it's a nine-week program. And at the end of it, everybody does a photo shoot. So the photo shoot is the thing that helps keep them accountable. Um, but it's also kind of a scary thing if you if you don't like the way you look. Well, I had a woman that go through this program, um, Fit for Photos, and she was an author. And she had started writing her first book a few years prior to going through Fit for Photos, and she never finished it. Then she went through my nine-week program, and she took the book you know, off the shelf, dusted it off, the partial book, and actually finished it. 
And I actually interviewed her because I wanted to ask her about that process, what her mindset was like. And she said, basically going through the nine week coaching program, I gave her the belief, She, this is kind of her words, were that I gave her the belief that she could do it. And I set the bar high in this nine week coaching program, higher than it had ever been set before. And that gave her the confidence, I guess, to actually complete this book. Um, and then she wrote my name in the acknowledgement section section of her book because it was that meaningful for her to go through this nine-week coaching program. And then she, I think she gives me a little bit too much credit, but she's wrote, she's written my name in the acknowledgement section in all her future books. She's written like 20 books now. Um, but she said there wouldn't be these books had I not gone through that nine week coaching program and gotten the confidence to actually do that. So, um, yeah, pretty cool. What can happen when, again, it doesn't have to be something physical. It could be just something where a coach believes in you and gives you that confidence and set the bar high, you accomplish that. And that opens up your possibilities of like, yes. I can write that book or make that sales call. Yeah, sure. So what kind of mindset shift are people looking for when they sign up with you? What, what is it that they're struggling with? Well, um, to be honest, I think a lot of them sign up for my adventure trip to have a fun adventure vacation. So maybe not specifically, at least my first few that I put on, like they weren't necessarily looking for a mindset shift, um, but it just kind of happened that way, which is beautiful. Uh, now people know me better because I like to coach people during the adventure trips um, and help them achieve um, achieve a breakthrough in their life. A lot of them, to be honest, are just kind of stuck at, they're not really entrepreneurs, but they have jobs, they're married. And normally one or two, one of two things, they're, um, something's going wrong in their job. Maybe it's a toxic culture and they don't know how to handle it. Maybe they're overworked and they don't know how to communicate with their you know superiors, uh, or it's a relationship issue at home. And I think actually, now that I'm answering this question and thinking about it, I think if I'm, um, thinking through this, a lot of it is communication, having a difficult conversation with a superior, having a difficult conversation with um, uh, their spouse, or Joel setting boundaries like, hey, I'm letting work run all over me. I'm letting my spouse run all over me. I need to set boundaries. I need to make myself a priority. And oftentimes they don't know how to do this. Um, and again, maybe going through uh, getting out of their comfort zone, doing an adventure activity will help them achieve that breakthrough along with like the community that we bring at these adventure trips and we chat and have conversations and, and help them kind of take that next step. Yeah. That will really resonate with our listeners. Um, kind of a, a trait that we really notice with a lot of the businesses that we talk to is the business owner feels like a little bit of a slave to their life. So um, it might seem like they're being quite focused and selfish and self-centered, 
but actually they've been very reactive in terms of the notifications on their phone, what they have to do day to day in their business, the fact that they skip the gym because something's gone wrong at work, that they don't necessarily eat particularly well because they're busy and that's their excuse for making bad choices. And the list goes on and on and on. And it, it's fascinating that somebody could go on an adventure and find a way to unlock that. Yeah, it is. And, and you know, workplace well-being is actually a topic that I speak about. You know, I, I mentioned, I think, when I was introducing myself, I, I speak on gratitude um, and specifically gratitude uh, and well-being in the workplace. And I think you hit the nail on the head is we it's counterintuitive, but to perform better, we need to take steps back. Right. We need to take care of ourselves because if we are a 10 on a scale of one to 10 in terms of peak mental and physical, you know, health, um, it stands to reason that we will have a better sales call. We will be able to, you know, market our product better. We will be more efficient and productive in whatever we're working on. When we try to do our work from a position of weakness, and by weakness, I mean lack of sleep, high stress, you know, eating poorly, um, being in a bad mood, uh, we can't perform our best. So the way we interact with our prospects or our clients and customers um, might come across in a way that doesn't represent who we truly are. It's tough as entrepreneurs, because like I said, we probably have work to do 24-7. Uh, we got to get things done, and I definitely understand that. But it would be great to be able to get things done in a more productive and efficient manner. And I believe, I'm a big believer, you can do that when you take care of yourself, both physically and mentally, whatever that looks like. Again, it doesn't have to be jumping off a cliff. It could be going for a walk, but unplugging um and just not thinking about work for just 15 minutes and getting out in nature or in a park where there's some green around you let your mind just you know um think of the good in your life you know exp express some gratitude um so i think yeah that's uh just again something that's hard to do but big believer that we all need to unplug and unwind and that'll help us in the, in the long run yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I can kind of translate that for our listeners in the sense that if you're having one of those days that's a real grind, um, and, and we all have them, you know, it's, and then at lunchtime, you could take 15 minutes out, get some fresh air, practice a little bit of gratitude, walk around the local village pond or whatever it might be. Um, will you achieve more in the afternoon for doing that than you would if you'd have just carried on grinding and worked through your lunch. And I very much doubt there's anybody that could say it would be better to not take the 15 minute break. Yeah. And um, I, th I think, you know, one of the um, main proponents of taking breaks like this is uh, Ariana Huffington. Uh, of the Huffington Post, she has a, her own story where um, several years ago she fell at at work or at home and hit her head on the desk, and she woke up 
and there was blood, you know, kind of along her cheek and face. And she went to the doctors and she got several opinions. And basically the only thing that was wrong was she was suffering from exhaustion, (laughs) overworking herself. So even if you can grind through those days, who's to say you're not going to wake up one day and have something really physically wrong with you where you might not be able to get out of bed or function properly, or you might collapse. And all those things can be prevented by taking care of yourself in the first place. And it's tough. I get it because I've got fitness clients still that I work with that we battle through this all the time. People want to be reactive, right? Um, We want to like, oh, I had a heart attack. Now I'll eat better and take care of myself. It's just how we are, at least here in the U.S. as a society. Um, And I'm a big believer in being proactive and preventative and doing all that you can to take care of yourself again, so that you can, you know, be your best parent, be your best coworker, be your best, you know, employee or, or entrepreneur, whatever you want. Yeah. Oh, I mean, same goes for business. So the very best businesses are proactive in their approach in terms of, um, if a client's going to be upset, they've seen it ahead of time and put preventative steps in place to make sure that that client's happy. And yet, nine out of 10 business owners, me included, don't take that approach to their own health. And it's like, you know the rules, so why aren't you applying it to yourself? Yeah, and by the way, I'm talking about this stuff, but it's a reminder for me too, to do those things that I actually Yeah, do. yeah. Hmm. So I've got two more questions for you. I ask every guest these questions. Um, the first one is, what's the best mistake you've ever made? Gosh, the best mistake. That's a great question. Um, okay, so this is actually before my entrepreneurial days. Um, I was working at a children's hospital in Dallas, and I wanted to get into the fitness industry. So I was actually doing research um, when I w- was working at the children's hospital. So I moved. To Phoenix, uh, Arizona, not knowing anybody, but I had a fitness opportunity there. Um, and I got fired a couple months later after moving there. And I didn't know anybody. I was running out of money. <laughs> um, and I I didn't know really what to do next. Um, so just imagine you're in a new city or new state, not knowing anybody, you just got fired and you left a well-paying job and I left a girlfriend at the time. Um, so not a great, seemingly not a great decision, but I think what it forced me to think about is let me use my resources. Like how, how do I survive this? This seems like I'm at a all time low for me at the time. What can I do to actually survive and get back on my feet? So I happen to be lucky and have a very supportive family. So I can call on my mom and dad. And if I need a loan of money, you know, they will loan me money. So I think the lesson it taught me was, you know, in hindsight, um, be willing to take chances like that because the worst case scenario isn't often that bad and you will survive it and uh and the other lesson is 
utilize your resources. I think people are our greatest resources, but oftentimes we are shy about asking for help, or we might see it as a sign of weakness. I've actually gotten really good at asking for for help. Um, I think that was one of my my biggest. Um, I don't I don't know if it was a mistake, but uh, it was it was a lesson that I learned at my lowest point, and I feel like it helped me grow going forward and eventually start my own business. Yeah, sure. No, I love that. I love that. I think um, when you realize that most of the risks you think about day to day, the consequence of those risks isn't that bad. That that unlocks a lot of potential in your life. Yeah, it does. And I was listening to a Tim Ferriss interview real quick um, or reading one of his blog posts recently, and he talks about this to overcome a fear, write down all the worst case scenarios, write down how you prevent those scenarios, write down if the scenario happens, how you will repair it. So I got fired from my job. So that's kind of a worst case scenario in a new city. How did I repair it? I, you know, enlist the help of my parents. Um, And then what will you do if you don't even take the chance? What will your life look like? And, you know, that's back to staying comfortable in your zone of comfort and not living a very fulfilling life. We do a similar activity with our clients where if you've got an opportunity in front of you, write down all the good things that will happen if you take that opportunity. Write down all the things you're worried about with the risk of that opportunity. And the good the good list will be probably five times longer than the bad list, but 80% of your concentration will be on the bad list. So you so you have to just flip your focus. And the moment the moment you flip your focus, and, and maybe something on that bad list is so bad that you don't do it, that's fine. But just make sure you're giving it a fair chance. Yeah, I love that. And my final question, what's your favorite film and why? Uh, my favorite film. I knew you were going to ask this because I listened to a recent interview you did, but I'm still not prepared to answer it, Joel. It's hard to pick a favorite TV show. I'm good. Seinfeld. Um, favorite, fa- uh, favorite movie. I'm going to go with Hoosiers. Have you heard of Hoosiers? Okay. So Hoosiers is a basketball movie. Um, so Indiana, the state of Indiana is a big basketball state, Indiana Hoosiers. Uh, but this was a high school basketball movie. And I love it because the underdog, uh, a small, um, a small school in a small high school in Indiana at the end of the, I'm guess I'm giving away the movie, but they defeat the top big state school of indiana in the championship game so it's basically i love it because the underdog defies the odds and they overcome a lot of obstacles along the way to win the state championship and basketball is my favorite sport so uh, a couple of reasons why i I really nice yeah i'm not sure i'm not sure if that one made its way over here that's why i said that um we've had like coach carter oh yeah yeah and a a few others yeah you know similar sort of thing um yeah, no, I I love the underdog story too. I was watching Rocky last night, oh, yeah. so I get it. So, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. That always that always gets me wanting to go out and run some stairs and train out. Yeah, in the, yeah. In the cold weather. <laughs> um, remember the Titans. That's another good one. If oh, you yeah. like an yeah, underdog story. 
Yeah, yeah. Mighty Ducks, obviously. Oh, right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Scott, you've been an amazing guest. What do people need to do to come on one of your adventures? Oh, my gosh. Well, uh, maybe start a conversation with me. would love to see what people are, are going through in their lives or just say hello. Um, my email address, is it okay if I give that out? Of course, yeah. yeah. Uh, email address is scott at scottcolby.com um, or Facebook. You can find me at Scott Colby. And then I've got a gratitude toolkit, um, which I think it might help um, in two ways. One, um, it, I've got a kind of a tip sheet, 47 ways to be more grateful in your day, simple things you could do that gets you in the right mindset. I also have another tip sheet in there, 29 ways to grow your business with gratitude. So that might be helpful for the entrepreneurs. And, and that's at, um, gratitude toolkit.com. These are just free downloads, um, that anybody can, uh, request and, and you'll get an email with all these uh, goodies. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you, Joel. Really appreciate it. <laughs>